Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Tries, and we're always talking vulnerability, learning, and growth mindset. No sponsors yet, so go to justkeeplearning.ca for content and more episodes geared toward helping you not just set goals, but achieve them too. We have a goal to help millions of people be lifelong learners and get their own ambitions off the ground, so be sure to hit us up and let us know how we can help. Our guest today has a ton of experience in social media and content creation, especially video. She's worked as an assistant to big-time YouTubers, created content for American Ninja Warrior, and even turned down working with The Ellen Show. In this episode, we have great conversations about finding a way to success by continuing to learn about your passion over time. She's built a wonderful community and company on her ability to truly connect with her audience. And in that way, she's a role model for our community too, because she really wants you to own your big dreams. Please welcome to episode 11 of The Learned Podcast, Carla Gregg. If you were on an elevator ride with someone, how would you explain who you are and what you do? So I would say I am a student of life who loves teaching people that they can create a life they love through just being themselves and really owning their skill through personal branding um, and social media strategy. That would probably be a very long pitch. I'd get a little nervous, especially if it's somebody like Tim Ferriss, but... Yeah, I like to introduce myself like who I am as a person before what I do. Speaks to who you are. If it was Tim Ferriss, what's a question that you might ask him in that same ride? I would say, did you really only work four hours a week? Like, is that is that really your lifestyle? Because it sounds amazing. <laughs> I feel like I've heard him talk about the fact that it's possible to get there, but it doesn't start there. Definitely doesn't start there. It starts at 60 hours a week. For sure. So you're hopping on this podcast and it's just at the beginning. So it shows me that you appreciate collaboration and teamwork and generosity. Um, Why do you think those things are so important for people in this space? Well, I think it's important to collaborate because you can't do it on your own, like all by yourself when you're starting off. Um, Well, never, because even when you grow on a larger scale, like in terms of a business, you're going to need more people. So for example, a lot of people always say, oh, I was self-made. You know, you've heard like the Kardashians say that. I'm like, nobody is really self-made. Like, yes, you have that drive and nobody's going to push you to get going, but you are still in need of either emotional mental or financial support from the people around you. Um, I know, for example, when I started my business, I had to move back home to my hometown because I was living in Los Angeles with a full-time job there, barely making it. And I knew that in order to start from scratch, I was going to have to make some sacrifices. And so my family was there to really like, not so much support me financially, but in terms of really being there, um, yeah, financially and also, um, you know, mentally and and emotionally, because starting a business is really hard. Um, But when it comes to collaborating with other people, it's, I think it's such a gift to do that because there's going to be people that are better at something than you are. For example, I'm horrible at like graphic design. Um, I've learned a lot because again, my friends have taught me who are graphic designers. So they, I really leaned on them to at least learn the basics, but it's something that takes me like twice as long when I could really just, use the support of other people who are better at it than I am. So if you put different skills, you know, something that you're good at and it's something that someone else is and you combine them together, it's just going to be like a power team. Um, So yeah, I definitely believe in collaboration. And you talked about starting your business. So what 
led you to pursue kind of passion and interest instead of maybe the traditional route that many people go down? Well, honestly, it was because I kind of had to. Um, So I got laid off from my job. And this was a job that I thought I was going to move up in, like the company. Um, I was a social media producer for an agency and and, like one of our clients was NBC. So I had always wanted to work in television and digital. And I remember actually one of my college professors, he wasn't a nice professor like how you are, but he basically was like, how can you make that happen? Like working digital on TV, like entertainment is so big, like you're this small and the entertainment world is this big. And he just made me feel like not valued. And I remember thinking, no, I can combine both of them. So when I finally worked in television and digital, I was like beyond like on top of the world. And then when I lost that job, I was like, wait, I'm still on top of the world. Like I have skills, I have things to offer. Like I need to make it happen for myself. And I knew that in the digital world, you can create your own, like you can create your own thing. You didn't need, um, I mean, of course with collaboration, you do need the help of other people, but you can get started on your own, right? You can figure it out and make things happen. So I went ahead and started doing YouTube full time for like three months (laughs) until I realized I really need to monetize somewhere else. Um, And then I started offering services and social media and um, video editing, videography. So kind of got started in that, but it was just, yeah, like I said, it was something that I always wanted to do since the beginning in college when I was like, I want to work in digital, but it wasn't really a thing. Like nobody was like, I want to be a social media manager when I grew up or a personal branding coach. Like it didn't really exist, I guess. And so I, I wanted to prove to myself that I could create my own opportunities. You mentioned a prof that wasn't as supportive. What was high school like in your experience? I always was somebody who sought opportunities and I always was preparing myself for college. Like I, I was enjoying high school, but I wasn't like a party or anything. So I was in things like uh, the recycling club, French club, the swimming team for a little bit and a business club. And so I always had that business mindset because my mom, she actually would sell food for a living and like clean houses. And so I always saw this like work ethic that she had and I knew that I wanted to become something and I wanted to be better for my family because of like everything they had sacrificed for me. And so I was always just really preparing for school. I mean, for college, um, any way that I could really getting involved, trying to get good grades. I was an average student though. Yeah. So, I mean, high school was good, but it was, I, I was, I think I was already like in that mindset of, I need to get things moving, you know? Um, so I was very involved. A lot of the youth that I work with, the reason why I started this was I see them losing hope over school and college. And there is a big culture in social. You don't have to look far for a Facebook ad telling you not to go to college these days. What do you think we can do to improve mainstream learning? I think that skills should be taught instead of in the very beginning rather than in the beginning of high school or towards the end of middle school versus when kids potentially have the extra time for an elective. I think a skill should be picked up right away in the beginning. So if they don't like it, they can, you know, move on to the next thing. I know in my high school, even though it was a public high school, there were still some resources that there was like the newspaper, right? And I, I mean, I didn't join it because I was kind of scared because we're mean in that uh, part of 
the journalism world, little snobs. So I didn't join that, but I was in like the photography department and um, graphic design. And so there was classes that taught us, even if it was just like the press, uh, not actual digital graphic. But so I was like always still trying to learn those skills, um, but it wasn't like we didn't start that until maybe junior high school, um, junior or senior year. Sorry. So I wish it would have been given those opportunities would have been given to us like our freshman year. One interesting little route to go down right now that you mentioned was kids are mean. I think one of the things that keeps a lot of the youth I meet from starting is the idea of the haters or the bullies. So what advice would you give them? I would say just freaking do it. For example, there was two things I really wanted to do in high school. One of them was like the newspaper and theater. And you would think theater kids are like nice, right? Because like they're, they're the dwarfs of the world, but not in my school. And so I just wish I would have gone started, but I cared so much about what people thought that even when I bought my first camera, well, I, I won my first camera and I started vlogging, trying to vlog in high school. But like my friends weren't that supportive of it. They thought it was, it was kind of weird. So I wouldn't. I would record, but not like make it a thing to record. And so um, it really stopped me from getting started earlier. And I remember I didn't get started on YouTube until I was like 20. And even then I was like still really shy and cared about what other people thought about me. So when I got opportunities to collaborate with like bigger YouTubers, I was just kind of scared to really go for it. Um, I think I would have been like at a million right now and making money off of like, I don't know, playing video games or something. Right. So it, don't allow those people to stop you because in the end, like because you got started and you didn't care about what other people thought, you're going to be ahead of the game. And it's going to like, high school's not really going to matter anymore. I don't even, anytime I talk about education, I don't even remember high school or before. For me, it's kind of like college and like my adulthood, what, what I really learned there. And the cool thing about being an adult is you kind of start caring less about what people think of you. So if you can have that mindset in high school and just kind of like see yourself as this like badass adult who doesn't care about what other people say, you're going to be like pretty badass. <laughs> it's funny you use that word because obviously Jen Sincero uses that in a couple of her books. And um, the term, when I heard it for the first time in a positive way, badass was a guy by the name of Joe DeFranco. I'm going to have to pull up the quote because I don't have a research team here, but it's so solid in terms of what that means. Uh, essentially, it's about doing what you want to do because it's the right thing always and not worrying what people think. Along those lines, the concept of following your dream gets really cliche. I see it when I take my daughters to the dollar store looking for coloring books. It's all over the place. It's on pencil cases. Dream big. Follow your dreams. Even thought leaders and, and gurus in the YouTube space all the time say, follow your dreams. So how realistic do you think that is for anyone to do? Following your dreams can be a little dangerous. I'm actually reading this book and I can't believe I forgot the title of it. Now I'm like you, I wish I had a research team. Um, but basically in this book, it talks about how the whole term of uh, follow your passion could be a little dangerous because when you follow your passion and, and you don't um, get there right away, you could feel like a failure. So in the book, it basically talks about it's better to find a skill that you get really good at because if you have that skill, you're going to be like unstoppable and people are going to want to hire you and all of that good stuff. So when it comes to following your dreams, I say, yes, take that first step and just like, don't be scared to move forward. I remember for me, like I always wanted to be like a news reporter and I wasn't really good in front of the camera. So I didn't put myself out there as much. Um, I remember even in college, I didn't start a reel and because I was so scared to get in front of the camera and, and I felt like really 
just, yeah, terrified of it. But then I'm like, you know what? I don't care if I become or don't become a news reporter. I need to take the first step. And the first step is getting better on camera. So that's when I started making videos on YouTube. And I just started vlogging every single day for 30 days until I got better. And then I learned like, wait, I don't really care just about getting confident from the camera, but off camera. And I started learning more, more about myself and speaking to like strangers and trying new things and just really putting myself out of my comfort zone, becoming a better me, you know, in that case, if I would have said, oh, I'm going to follow my passion or my dream of becoming a news reporter, I'm obviously not a news reporter. I would have, would have felt like a failure right now, right? But I don't because I, I grew a skill of creating videos. Um, not only did I get better in front of the camera, but I learned editing. I learned social media. I learned all these skills that really made me feel confident in what I'm doing now. So I would suggest like, yeah, take the first step and when you take that first step, it's going to lead you to the next and the next. And you don't really know where you're going to go. You know, you can't, um, as we all know now, it's the whole Corona. You, you can't really, you can plan for your future, but you never know what's going to, what's going to happen. In that case, I say, yes, follow your dreams, but keep taking those small steps to get to where you want to be. And it might change. Maybe you will become that reporter, maybe not, you know, but uh, you'll definitely come out more confident and stronger and uh, is the book Be So Good They Can't Ignore You? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Apparently I'm like a Jeopardy of books. You're a teacher. I would hope that you read every day. Well, I got to the point myself where I had to do the opposite, right? Stop consuming and start creating because you can really get into that productive procrastination mode. And I think one of these things that holds people back, especially when they're younger, is wanting to research everything forever instead of starting. So if somebody were coming to you and saying like, I've always worked worked at the grocery store, gotten my paycheck, went home and spent it. But now I really want to get into online business and do something like what you do. What tips would you give them to getting started? I would say research the top three people that you want to be like, um, not in terms of comparing yourself to them, but learning from them. And don't get. And then once you learn from them, walk away and start doing it. Like I know Gary Vee, for example, he's like, if you're still watching my videos after like, I don't know, three, five years and you're not getting started, there's a problem. I'm not doing my job. Right. So for me, like I'm that type of person that can get stuck in the research process of things. Even when I'm doing stuff for my clients, you know, like I know how to do social media strategy, but I'm like, well, I could do, do it better. And I'm such a per perfectionist, but I also think perfectionism is um, another case of like procrastination. You're just scared to get started. And so if you get stuck in that, like, I need to be better and to constantly be researching, you're not going to do anything. You're, you're, yeah, you're just going to get stuck. And the only way to get better is by doing, you know, research those three, really learn from them. Maybe even just one, one person that you really like admire, you know, it could be Gary Vee. Like for me right now, I've been learning a lot about copywriting and there's so much content out there, out there about copywriting. And I've just stuck with one person. Right now I'm learning from um, Marie for Leo for free emails until, you know, until I'm ready to invest. Yeah, don't feel like, also don't feel like you need a lot of money to get started. Um, so that would be my second piece of advice. When I started my business, I had like a thousand followers on Instagram, which a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have a following. It's like, that isn't really a lot. It was some, but not a lot. And um, I had like, $20 in my bank account, like literally uh, just had lost my job, did YouTube for three months full time, traveled with one of my best friends creating content, hoping that I could like live off my savings and unemployment. And then I realized, wait, I actually need to do something and monetize my, my business, my brand. So um, that's when I started getting into offering services. But I had like $20 in my bank account plus debt. 
So you don't need money to get started. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a very important point. A lot of people who are trying to start out are in debt, um, are thinking that they might need to make investments up front to see the return on that investment. But showing people and modeling for them like you're doing is just a perfect example. My channel is Just Tries because like you said, trying things and sort of being vulnerable, putting yourself out there is the way you're going to learn. I know that one of your videos you did singing, for example, even if not all of your content is like that, why do you appreciate that idea of trying things and learning and then showing it? Honestly, I've always been like a very vulnerable person. And I I guess I'm that way because I wish that when I was younger, I would have had somebody that says like, hey, you know, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to have everything in life. You're there's going to be ups and downs, but you just need to like put yourself out there and do it. And so for me, like that was a big part of my brand at the beginning, just like get started and let go of fears. And so it was constant, like me talking about it and actually showing it in a way of like, maybe talking about my career and stuff. But I don't think at the end of the day, like your business and money is the only thing that matters. It's also about like, if you're growing as a person, like your personal growth. And so I really needed to, like I said, I mean, I started because I didn't have confidence. And um, once I started building that, I realized like I was getting comfortable again, just like not meeting new people, not trying new things. It was just a bit like work, work, work. And so I was like, I need to put myself out there because it's not just about starting a business. It's not just about having the perfect career. It's really growing as a person. Um, and so those type of videos that I made, like I started the series called Never Have I Ever on my channel where I would try new things. It's something that I've stopped just because it, it was very time consuming, but it really constantly reminded me that I have to put myself out there in life and in business. Like a lot of the people that follow me, not all of them want to be business owners, but sometimes I'll get messages with people just saying like, Hey, like I never go out by myself. And I saw a video where you like dated yourself and went out for like by yourself. And that inspired me to just like, get out of my comfort zone. And so I want to teach people that you really have to push yourself because nobody will. You'll have a support system, like I said earlier, but you're the one that has to take that first step and like motivate yourself to become better. Good for you because I think every message you get where you're like maybe surprised that you helped somebody so much, you can probably multiply that by 10 or 100 or 1,000 in terms of the people that you're helping that you don't even know you are. So that part's inspiring. I love how you've called your content uh, personal development or like those types of things. What do you hope people get out of following your brand? So I really hope that people aren't afraid to create their own opportunities and feel like they have to be another person in order to succeed or get to where they want to be. So right now I have gone through kind of like a transition with my brand. I used to be more of like a YouTuber, fun videos, vulnerable, crying in my videos. And then now I'm kind of transitioning more into like um, giving like business tips here and there. I still haven't let go fully of the personal development because that's actually like one of my core values in my just business and brand. For me, it's really about empowering people to not be afraid that they can show up as themselves and like create their own opportunities. I've never been the best at something. And when people say, no, don't put yourself down. Like, don't say that. Carly, you're amazing. I'm like, no, honestly. Like I was like a B minus C average student. I didn't have a lot of like money growing up. I, I And also I didn't have a lot of personality up until I was like maybe 21, 22, because I was a very shy person. And I realized that once I started showing up as myself and I was like, the reason I was so shy was because I cared about what other people thought. But once I started really showing up as myself and providing value to those people around me, 
through my skills or just being like a very genuine motivational person and just being there for the people around me, I realized that people, yes, you do have to have a skill and people, you are going to hire you because of that skill. But at the end of the day, like the cherry on top is who you are as a person, your personality, how you stand out, your story. Like everyone has a different story to tell and that's really going to help people feel connected to you. And so with my brand, like I really just want to let people know, like if you have a passion, your personality and your story is enough with even my clients. A lot of the times we get stuck on like the social media strategy of things and they want to grow their numbers. And I'm like, in my head, like, yes, that's what pays me my bills. But at the same time, I'm like, there's more to that. Like the reason you started your brand or your business, or whatever, there's a, there's a vision behind that. So I always ask them, why do you do what you do? Why did you get started? And I mean, just like two days ago, um, uh, you know, I, inter- I got two clients and I was interviewing them. Basically, I kind of almost felt like I was back to my journalism dream days because I was really trying to like break them into like telling me why they got started because we were kind of stuck with their like branding colors and their mission and like what how I was going to write for them. And I knew that until I asked the right and deep questions, like they would share their story with me and their, and their why. And that was like really powerful. So regardless of you know, your skills, I feel like if you show up and you're honest and you're willing to learn and put yourself out there, like you'll learn the skills eventually. Even though your brand has evolved, uh, self-help is obviously kind of a passion of yours in life. Other than the book you're reading right now, what's one awesome book that you would recommend? Oh my gosh, the Bible, no shooting. Um, But no, truly, I am a very faith-driven person. I never read it up until like two years ago, like actually read it. And there's a lot of like life lessons and even things that people take from self-help books. I'm like, hey, that's not in the Bible. In reality, what, like, in one of my favorite books has been The 4-Hour Workweek from Tim Ferriss. Uh, because when I got started in my business, it took me years to read that book. My friend had given it an audio version of it and I never like read, I never listened to it. And then finally there was a time where I was like, okay, this is going to be very helpful because I'm the type of person who doesn't ask for help. Right. Which is why I tell you like collaboration is so important Uh, because for the longest time I was trying to do it all myself. It's not that I thought people weren't going to support me. I just, I don't know. I've always been somebody who's like, a hustler and wants to do things and learn things on her own. Like, yes, you have to work hard to get to that, but it, it really breaks down like how you could get help from other people. And one of the things that he talks about was like outsourcing. And even though I had learned that from the book, the first year of my business, I didn't outsource. And it was the first and worst year of my life because I got so overwhelmed with my business And then that kind of trickled into my personal life. And I mean, 2019 was just a really hard personal year for me. I kind of stopped being myself because I got so overwhelmed with just in life in general. Then it reminded me like, wait, like once moving on to year two of my business, my life, like I need balance, I need help. And even if it's going to require me not having, having more money because I'm not taking on the whole part of like the client you know, money outsourcing is just going to be good for my mental health and my well-being. So that's something that I, I really, you know, I really try to take care of. And so in that book, it just taught me different business models of like, okay, it's not just about business. It's trying to like live your best life. So is Tim Ferriss the person that you would look up to the most in this field? Or is there someone else that comes to mind? I really love uh, Marie Forleo. I mean, I just have loved her 
outlook on like business, but she's just herself. It's such, I mean, as a social media strategist, there's moments that I get into my perfectionism mood where I'm like, you know, if I post a photo of like a coffee, I can't post a photo of a coffee next because it'll just like clash on the on the feed you know and I get so stuck in that that I sometimes don't create and so I love that her she's a business person that's just very like real like she doesn't care about like if you show up on her page yes there's some strategy behind it but at the end of the day it's just like she has a good message she puts it out there and it and it works because she's just providing value and like authenticity and so I just love how real she is you know like she cusses sometimes in her videos she's very just like upfront about things and that's the type of person that I strive to be. And I, I am pretty vulnerable and honest, um, but it, it gets scary when you become a business owner. I mean, just like a few days ago, I took this selfie <laughs> and I thought it was really cool. And I showed it to my mom and she's like, mm, it doesn't look professional. Like you're a businesswoman now. And I just was like, oh my God, so I can't, like I personally am like a weirdo. Like an, I always consider myself more of an artist. And I remember a client saying, are you more of an artist or a business person? And I was like, oh crap, I'm more of an artist, but I want to be a business person because I want to make money. Um, and so, you know, I've had to balance that out. And when you're in the beginning stages and you want people to take you seriously, you don't want to put things that people are like, what, why, why does that make, it doesn't make sense. And that's a big reason why I stopped my YouTube channel, like all that personal development stuff all the time, because I'm, when I'm feeling, I'm feeling. And so I kind of have to step away and decide, okay, well, when, when you're ready to post something so vulnerable, then you can share, but not like right away. But it's nice to see when people like Marie for Leo are very honest and just upfront and like still are businesswomen. Like they're still badass. Like they're still providing marketing advice and copywriting advice, but they're also being real people. And so I can appreciate that because just kind of takes away the stress about being a business person and just being a human. <laughs> like I'd rather just be a human who has really good skills and could provide value to people, but still shows up as herself. And so having that person in my field be that, it's just encouraging. The part where I'll give you some advice is that there's, you know, near 8 billion people in the world and you're going to be able to build a business with the people that care about you for who you are. Joe Rogan had Edward Snowden on his podcast. Snowden said, you almost didn't get this interview because when I saw your photo, which if you've seen Joe Rogan's logo, it's been the same for a long time. He's like, I think he has his tongue out and he's got the bald head with like a fake tattoo on his head and he's all angry. Joe Rogan's response was, yeah, I worked really hard on that to make sure that it scares a lot of people off. <laughs> I thought that was huge because it like just speaks to that. Like, if you don't want me for who I am, that's okay. We don't need to work together. Let's move on. So I think that can help people. There's a lot of debates out there. That might be one of them already in terms of social media and brand and online business, let's say. So I want to go through a few of these debate topics. Where do you stand on the quality versus quantity continuum that you just talked about? Who honestly, I've more so been quality, uh, quantity for the longest time, quality versus quantity. Uh, so I've been quantity. Like when I got started, I literally just created. I mean, when I first started my YouTube channel for 31 days, I created blogs. They are horrible. Like, I mean, and I was shy at the time too. So I was like whispering and like not really being clear on my words. But I knew that by day 31, I was going to be better. And I did become better. And now I have privated all those videos, you know? And so it, it got me to become a better editor, a better storyteller, a better writer. And so I do believe in quantity versus quality. Honestly, with quantity will come quality because you'll learn how to become a little faster doing your art, doing your work, you know? 
And so, yeah, there's still moments where I am more quality um, when it comes to writing. Like, so for example, like when it comes to my captions, I put thought into those and I rather have a long Instagram caption that the people that want to read it will read it versus just having like, you know, posting twice a day, uh, twice a day, seven days a week, where it's just like, happy Monday. How's your day going? Great. You know, like I know you wasted my time. Like I, for me, that's more of a waste of time than a long caption. That's going to like maybe change your life or give you some context about business or life. Right. So, um, with that stuff, I do become uh, more quality, but I know that when I hold myself back because I want it to be so perfect, and that for me is video. The re- So one of my first jobs in digital media was working on America's Got Talent as an assistant. And the reason that they hired me was because of my YouTube channel and the fact that I had been helping other YouTubers. But my, my work wasn't quality. Like at the time, like my videos were just me in my car interviewing people. Like I had like a podcast video thing called Carla's Car Conversations. And my boss loved that. And he's like, you know about YouTube? Great. Like where you're hired, you know? And, it, and I, it was quantity versus quality. And so I've been holding myself back because I do get stuck on the quality side of things. And honestly, it's not... It's not a good place to be in. So I would suggest just like, especially if you're getting started, focus on the quantity and it'll make you better. Another one is the idea that in business, especially through social media, the longer one holds their breath and doesn't charge people, the more successful some think we can be on the back end. So for example, like Casey didn't set out to monetize his YouTube right away. He tried to create the art and then it works in reverse. Charlie D'Amelio is an example of that, right? Like these superstars are able to do that. Where do you stand on the idea of creating for the sake of creating versus having to monetize in order to sustain our lives? Oh man, that one's a tough one, especially just in like, I'm going to be honest in the situation that I am at right now. Like I am at year two of my business and I do want to be able to bring more money in. I think it is important to monetize, but also there, there should be a balance. Um, when I started off my YouTube channel, I mean, I've been doing this for eight years. Uh, it was just about the art and telling stories and all of that. Uh, but it gets to a point where you will want to monetize. So what I would suggest is like create videos that have value um, because even if they don't bring in like AdSense or, you know, a, a way to monetize, people are going to see what you're capable of and you could still get some type of opportunities. Um, so for me, I didn't really ever care about monetizing my content, but it's gotten me stuck on YouTube where I don't make money off of YouTube at, at, like as much as I'd like to. Um, some of my videos went viral. So I was able to like get, like I get checks from YouTube once in a while, but for the most part, like it's still giving me credibility uh, that I'm capable of making videos go viral, of creating social media strategy, of editing videos. So people have seen my YouTube channel. That's how I've gotten a lot of my clients and then through Instagram because of the content that I create. Um, so I've been able to monetize in that way. So I would say every video that you put out have it have some type of value, even if it's to entertain, to empower, or to educate. That is very important because regardless, you're still if you're not monetizing, you're still building a community of people who are going to want to support you in the long run. 
in terms of somebody starting out in the ecosystem of social media, how do you feel about the idea of planting flags on all platforms, you know, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube versus really focusing on one platform? Yeah, I'm, you know, I hear that all the time. Get on different platforms because you never know which one's going to shut down. I mean, there was this, I forget this platform that we were on, my friend and I, and we were like, this is a new YouTube and it got shut down. I think that having something that, like an email list is important. I started off just with Instagram and I'm still trying to build an email list, but spreading yourself too thin, I don't think is good in the beginning because all platforms have different types of strategies and you're just going to be in this like constant, you're a hamster in a wheel, just like trying to grow your platforms and none of them are doing well. Maybe they will, but like if you put all your eggs in like into different baskets, like you're going to get so burnt out. I say stick to two platforms, uh, three at most, and like really own those. A similar question that gets brought up all the time. If you look for advice in the YouTube world, it's going to talk about having your niche. Some people say niche. You can say whatever you want. But the idea of niching down versus going more broad and kind of just being whatever you are. Yeah, that's, uh, so a niche is something that I hated at first. Like, I'm like, I'm not niching down. I'm an artist. I can talk about whatever I want. Um, but it is important to niche down when it comes to a skill that you offer. But when it comes down to like your brand, I think it all comes down to your brand story. Like your brand story is so important. And what I teach people in my coaching program when I work one-on-one with people is um, personality, passion, skill, and story equals your brand. And so really knowing those like is going to help you know who you want to serve. And your like ideal person that you want to help ideal client in the business world is really like who you were at some being at the beginning, like who you want to help and like why, like for me, I want to help the type of people who have a passion and want to monetize it. And have always been like, Oh man, I can't do this because of like my personality or, or because I just don't fit into the normal corporate world. I never did. And I created my own path of making like YouTube videos and got the jobs that I wanted and created like the career that I wanted and just kind of like made it up in a way, you know? And so I wish there would have been somebody there in the beginning telling me like, you do have to have a skill. So when it comes to niching down, yes, pick a skill and focus on it. But when it comes to your overall niche, I think that brand story is more important. How, why you do what you do and like who and who you are. I guess the way people in business explain it is very like, you only could serve real estate agents and teach them about uh, SEO. And if you try to get out of that box, like you're done. For me, that's why I'm so big on personal branding. I've been in business since 2016. Like in reality, like I was a network marketer. I remember like, because of my personal brand, like my mission has never changed to help people like let go of fears and get started like on their passions, like either monetizing it or not. Like I was working as a a network marketer in like the health world. And so I remember like posting about like, you know, stepping into my comfort zone and trying new things and like health, health, health. But then when I transitioned out of that and I started teaching about social media, like it wasn't that big of a deal because I had always really used social media to promote my network marketing business that it wasn't like, Oh my God, Carla has changed her entire brand. It was always, Oh, Carla is just evolving, you know, but she's still this businesswoman that we could learn from. Even if you do change your niche, it's not going to be like, 
all, you know, everything falls apart because you're not, you're no longer the SEO person that helps real estate agents. Well, and I think when your why is so intact like that, and it's essentially a lifelong why, it opens up that opportunity. So good for you. You gave me an idea. Do you do a lot of live streams? I don't. Do you at all? I do. I do. I, I mainly go live on my Facebook profile page because um, I built a community there. It's kind of private. It's the people that really are focused on that. But I also go live on, on Instagram. When you were talking about brand identity and helping people with that, I was like, that would be so cool to do as like a live if you could. I don't know if you could because you got to go into deep questions. You'd need to be somebody willing and whatnot. But that'd be neat to go through those because you had me tempted to start asking follow up questions of like, you know what I mean? Like kind of like um, when you see well any talk show like Dr. Phil or whatever. Oh, right? I love that idea. I've, I've never done that, but it would be so cool to help people with like their brand mission. Yeah, for me, something that I really teach on with the whole niche, and this is something that is like in my program, and it's like my favorite thing ever is like really helping people with like their core values. Because once you know those, it's so easy to be like, oh, this makes sense to me. Like I actually spoke in Mexico at this convention. And one of the the topic that I spoke on was blogging with purpose. And I remember going through like some of my video examples and telling them like why I had created this video. And and having that mindset, like, even though the video, one of them was like a YouTube tips video, and the other one was like me um, working with this nonprofit, like traveling with them, like, even though they're completely different videos, like the strategy behind why I made each video, like worked at the end of the day, like it helped me behind the scenes of like my own, like vision and strategy. So I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, so having... But, but because I knew my core values so so well for my brand, it, I know when to say yes and no to certain things. What got me with that was the idea that I know my core values. I really know a big part of who I serve and why and, and my why will be the same for my whole life. But as you were talking, I was like, it would be really neat to go through those questions. This isn't about me, but it would be interesting to do. And I think if you don't do it and share it, it's like not that it's wasted content, but I think it would inspire a lot of every I think thousands of other people would want to hit you up to be like, do me, you know, like, tell me what's, what's my, um, what were the four things you said? Could you go through them again? Personality, passion, story, and skills. I'm sure you'd get a ton of people contacting you be like, I want to know what my things are. Oh my God, I'm so down for that. Thanks for the idea. Yeah. So if you could only pick one platform, would it be Facebook then? <laughs> no, it would be Instagram because I can show up as myself on Instagram stories and I love that. Although the only bad thing about that is sometimes I have a thought and I want to share it right away. And what I've done instead is anytime I have a thought and I feel like it could be uh, explained in a better way, I save it on my phone notes and I either create it into a caption or I've been holding off on making YouTube videos. But when I do hold back on the ideas because I want to elaborate on them, sometimes I never put them out there. Right. So that's the second thing about it. When I am like, you know what, whatever, even if it's messy, like I love Instagram stories. I think people are more inclined to send you a DM in response versus like leaving a comment because they could ask questions that maybe they wouldn't ask in public or whatever, like in the comments or whatever. But since they're also watching stories, they, they feel more connected to you. And I, I just love talking. <laughs> I love sharing and helping and talking. Um, so Instagram stories is just like my favorite. But if there was Instagram stories on YouTube, maybe I would go on YouTube more often, but there would be a lot of haters because it's more like it's an international, like everyone's searchable platform that I don't know. So let's go there for a second then YouTube, because I was in a video that I'll create later. It's on my to-do list, but with Cody Warner in uh, Toronto, in, right before all this stuff started. And I asked him if he found a point 
where he kind of felt sort of comfortable or like, yeah, I could be a creative for life. And he said, he'll never forget. It was video 114. You know, you may not have a number, but do you remember kind of feeling like, okay, I'm not just trying this creator thing out anymore. I can do this. Yeah. Honestly, it was after like my hundredth video. I was like, wait, this is actually doable because I was posting a video almost like a week. Um, I was more consistent. Nowadays, the other, the other day, my friend called me out and I was like, by the way, I actually privated some, but he was like, you've only done 10 videos in a year. Um, he's like, that's like once a month. And I'm like, I think I, like now I have like over 300 videos. Um, and it wasn't until last year when I started my business that I kind of just stopped going, like posting once or twice a week. That, there's days I'd post like three times a week. That was a lot. Or once a day. No, I would post three times a week. Yeah, but you did do once a day for a month, right? Right, right. At the beginning, yeah. Take a second because I know in terms of media and, and video, you, you've talked a little bit about it, but take a moment to brag about what are what's some of your experience that you have in that space. Oh, yeah. So I guess one of the most like my brag worthy moments um, has been working. This was my favorite show to work on. It was American Ninja Warrior because I'm so into like the personal development stuff. And if I had just, I know I have strength, but... Dang, those people have a lot of strength. And when I was on the set, I was a, a social media producer. So basically, it would I would travel with the show. Every city that they went to, I would get to travel with them. So it was like so fun. And then I would get on set with these really just optimistic, positive people um, just wanting to become the best version of themselves. And I would shoot content with them. I would like have them take do like Instagram takeovers, uh, Facebook Lives, and I would come up with the ideas and then you know have them do it. And that was like one of my favorite moments in like working in television and digital media. And then also one of the most, I guess, like cool experiences that I had, because now I'm like, hey, like I'm kind of an original YouTuber-ish in a way. Um, even though I was vlogging as like a YouTuber, I didn't really, I just did it more for myself, for my personal growth. But I did help some other YouTubers and I was working as uh, Joey Graceffa's assistant that was like one of my first jobs at a college. Yeah, he's, he's big on YouTube. And it was really cool because I got to learn a lot about the behind the scenes of being an influencer, everything that goes into writing, like uh, signing contracts, working with brands, creating content, doing it yourself. Like he was actually running his entire channel by himself before like he hired me and other people. And just seeing all of that and that one person like was putting so much effort into growing, right? Like just seeing all the behind the scenes of that was really like humbling in the sense that when you see somebody growing and you're like, yeah, well, it's easy for them. They have a million subscribers. It's like, no, they like, they spent a lot of hours staying up late all night and not knowing how to do things, but having to figure it out. And, you know, at that point with him, he was already at a good place hiring an assistant, but he still had to put in a lot of effort. And so seeing that really motivated me to want to you know, be my own boss at some point and, um, and grow my brand. Um, what's a surprise maybe that you didn't expect that was a little more challenging in your journey? I guess for me, it was getting laid off, like at my job, because I thought I was doing really good. And I remember at the time I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I met this friend who, um, she was vlogging and we were at the beach one day uh, she, she was a new friend. I didn't know her, but I saw this girl vlogging and I was like, oh, she must be a YouTuber. I'm a YouTuber. I'm going to go talk to her. And it ended up being her first time vlogging ever. And she was like, oh, I'm actually, this is my first vlog. And then she saw me subscribers I had. And she's like, you're a real YouTuber, you know? And she had, this was like about one of my best friends um, who just taught me a lot about business. She was a photographer and she would always encourage me to like get started, you know? And so I always had that entrepreneurial mindset and I wanted to 
at least do it like a side hustle, but I never did it. At that point, I kind of given up. And once I landed this job as like a social media producer and like working for like awesome, like our clients being NBC, like it was such a dream that I finally got that dream of like working in digital and TV and kind of making it work. And so when I got laid off, it was kind of like a slap in the face because I was like, wait, I thought it was kind of like continue. I thought I found my thing and I was like content. I had gotten comfortable. Um, because it was the best pay that I had got. And I had this title of like, oh, I work at NBC. I'm a social media producer. I was wearing that as if it was me. But in reality, there was so much stuff that I had not done because I didn't believe in myself. And so like just getting started with my business, like even there's moments I like look back and I'm like, maybe I should get a full-time job or maybe I should do this, you know? And like, if I were to do that, I wouldn't be mad at myself anymore. But at that point, like I had always just been too scared to get started. And recently in October I had, and I've never showed this anywhere because I was like, Oh, I had that kind of like, maybe if I'll still get hired from by them. But um, I had let go an opportunity to work with like the Ellen DeGeneres team. They had like scheduled a second interview with me. I went to New York and then Thailand and they're like when you come back from your travels like let us know and I kind of let like two months go by rather than the month that they had told me because that's when like the position was going to like open up and I just didn't like reach out to them because I went to Bid Summit and I was surrounded by all of my YouTuber friends who were still really trying to hustle in what they love and I realized I had up until October I had only given myself a year I'd only been doing my business for a year and that's not enough time to like completely let go like give up and so um for me to take on a job, even if it was with Ellen, I remember like after getting on a call with my business coach, just like after the interview with Ellen, like just crying because I was like, I'm going to give up on myself. And even though I like, that's a huge opportunity. Like Ellen, if you're listening to this, no, I'm kidding. Like, I know, like, I know it's a huge opportunity, but at the same time, I didn't want to keep making the same mistake of like not believing in myself. Cause I would have only taken that because I was like scared out of my mind that I wouldn't make it in business. You know, like it's scary every day when you get a client and you don't get a client. But at the same time, like I, I feel proud of myself for, you know, letting go of fears because that's like the, my whole brand thing. And if I'm telling people like, you know, you have to let go of fears and I can't even bet on myself. Yeah, that's a really neat story to be able to tell. Um, Ellen will be listening to this. She's a huge fan of the show. So when she does listen, what I'm sure she'll appreciate is that she probably agrees with your decision. She's obviously somebody who has been a model, a role model for people to go do your thing. And and so I'm sure she'll appreciate that decision. Um, I like how you mentioned business coach there. When business coaching and life coaching often gets blended, it just goes to show how I think a lot of people think that we all go it ourselves. But so many of us, the best athletes all have coaches, right? So I hope people pick up on that. I just want to stick with the idea of video for a couple more questions and then we can kind of wrap up. The importance of creating content for what people want to consume and what you think will help your target audience keywords versus creating for what you want to create. What advice would you give people on YouTube, let's say, for that? I think that you should create content that you're excited to edit. It either being because you like want to edit this travel video that you're just like, I want to put it together and I want to tell story and I want to be creative or because you're like, this video is going to help so many people. Because if you edit a video just because you think it might get views and it doesn't get views, it's going to suck. <laughs> like, And it's editing is so time consuming. I know with a lot of my clients, when I talk to them, I'm like, why aren't you on YouTube? Why aren't you doing IGTV? It's because they don't want to take the time to edit. Video editing takes time. And so you got to make sure that 
if you're putting a video out there, you're going to want to sit through the edit. For example, myself, like I am kind of in this, like, that's why I stopped YouTube because I'm like, well, like, you know, as a brand strategist, I want to be able to teach people about creating content, starting their business and la la la. And then I realized that I was kind of like missing my why, which is like why I teach what I teach people, you know, like, why are you doing this? And for me, it was to share my journey that you could get started with any, without anything, right? Just by being yourself and showing up and trying new things. And so when I started making more like businessy videos, like I look back at them and I'm like, oh my God, unless they're like vlogs and very genuine, because I'm like, so like for right, for example, I uh, batch recorded a bunch of like personal branding videos that talk about like the core values and stuff like that. But because I'm so excited to share about those, I'm like, yeah, I want to edit them, right? So be excited in what you're creating because if you're excited, other people are going to want to watch it. Yeah, it's great advice. Sticking with the advice and maybe it'll be a little more on the technical side. What are some kind of like hacks in terms of habits or systems that people could use to start out on YouTube? Yeah. So number one is write a script. And I'm not talking about this elaborative script that's going to be turned into like a voiceover, like Morgan Freeman style, like where it has to be super artistic (laughs) because I've done that. It takes a while, but especially if it's like advice videos, either being business or life advice, just have like three main points and stick to them. Don't ramble too much, but show your personality in the beginning of the video. So what I tend to do in my videos is I'll kind of give like a 15 seconds of like what the video is going to be about if it's um, advice video, right? Like I'll share something like important and then I'll kind of do like a funny montage or creative montage with music or, uh, or B-roll, like B-roll and music. And then I'll hop into the, to the main points. Um, but YouTube, one of the things is it's all about personality because like a lot of the, or people are there to be entertained to be inspired or to learn something, right? And so, if you're going to teach something to someone, like that's what I'm saying. Like, share your it's a, share your personality in the beginning, little moments, but don't like sit there and like waste somebody's time for two minutes, like doing nothing. You know, um, having that structure is going to make it easier for your edit. Um, and so that's why I like prepare with the script and then really focus on like what you're going to say before you get on camera. Um, and then that way the edit's easier for you and you don't have to sit through like, you know, 50 minutes of you blabbering about nothing. Which I think we've all done. Oh, for sure. I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always uh, nice. I like to do at least one scenario that really ties these topics into the work that I do with youth and in education. If you get the guest teach for me to work with a 16 year old uh, who's recovering from an, from an opiate addiction and you come into the facility that I work in and she says her number one goal is to be a nail artist, but she wants to be a YouTuber who shows her nail art and builds a business around that. What would you give her in terms of coaching, kind of how to get started or any advice go on google and see what people are searching for in terms of nail art so how to do a french tip how to do your own uh, manicure at home things that people are searching for Um, and then on the google search and related keywords and related search it's going to give you more ideas so like uh, how to do french tip on your dog right like that's a crazy example but it'll give you those like exact other things that people are looking for and taking those keywords or those key key searches and in, um, turning them into youtube videos 
That's that's an awesome answer because I don't think that's where a lot of them would go right away, right? To think about it. And I think the reason why so many of them struggle is it's just like this coronavirus thing. They want a timeline as to when a video might go viral or there's so much unknown about when they can make it, you know? Yeah. Do you think it is realistic for them to try to make it? Oh, for sure. I mean, for example, if I would have been more strategic with YouTube the way that I am with Instagram... I know I could have been successful with YouTube because it is all about not making videos that are like, oh, I, I just always want to be on trend, right? But really like studying up on the strategy first and then still being yourself in the video, right? But people, if they don't, like when I started, I would just vlog. So the videos that I would make, you know, would show me having pizza with my friends. And then I'd call the video having pizza with my best friends. Nobody's searching for that. But if I were to say the best pizza place in Philadelphia, and then they came across my video and it was a fun video of me trying the best pizza places in in Philadelphia with my best friends, then they'd be like, oh, I love this girl's personality. I want to subscribe. But they originally came for a piece of uh, content that they were looking for. Um, so having that strategy mindset where you're thinking of ideas that you want to do, but then, you know, like I said, Googling those and researching prior. So actually one of my videos, this was, I mean, I've been making videos for eight years and I never went viral. Like I still have like 8,000 subscribers. So technically if you like break it down, it's like a thousand per year, (laughs) you know, eight years, like I should be like giving up. But like a year or two ago, two years ago, one of my videos went viral and I wasn't going to post this video because it was filmed on like my phone and my webcam and it was like bad quality. And so I I just wasn't going to post it. And then I ended up posting it. But before posting, I'm like, I feel like this is such a good video because you've ever seen the show called MTV on Made. Uh, MTV's made. It's like a show where people try new things that they've never done. And I have a series on my channel where I do that. And so the video was a singing video. I wasn't going to post that one. And so instead of just like naming it, like, I don't know, I took singing classes or whatever. I was really like strategic on those keywords. And I even switched like, it took that video, I think like two months before it went viral. I posted it, maybe got like a hundred views. And then I'm like, this video is like really good. Like, I think it's good. So I switched the thumbnail. I found different keywords that would just maybe get the attention, I don't know, the SEO, whatever, SEO God. And it literally, like, my phone started blowing up maybe, like, two weeks after. And it, like, was the first video that ever went viral on my channel. And to this day, it's the video, like, pays me. But um, it was really cool to see that, you know, taking that extra step to find those keywords, to test out new thumbnails if it's not working, you know, go back and do that to your old video, which is something I should do. But that's where the whole like quality versus quantity, if you focus on quality in terms of like, I'm not saying a perfect video, but one video a week, rather than saying, I'm going to do three videos a week, but just be consistent one video a week, really catering that video. If it doesn't do good, well, then don't make a video similar to that anymore really like focusing on those keywords, the title, the thumbnail, like the overall presentation. In that case, did you take it down and re-upload or did you just change keywords and thumbnail? Just change keywords, thumbnails, and the title. Cool. That's a great story of testing, you know, resilience and kind of going with the flow. I always ask three themed questions that they're the same for each guest. It's a lot of fun, but is there anything we left out? No, I think we touched everything. Like for like, yeah, bringing... Going back to the whole, like, you don't need money to get started. I think that's really important. Uh, money or experience, because you'd be surprised how much I've uh, told people, yeah, I know how to do that. And then I figure it out. Um, now that I'm in year two of my business, I'm definitely like 
niching down on the skill um, and not saying yes to everything. Yeah, I'm a web designer. And then I'm like crying. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like really, uh, really own what you do and do it well. And don't feel like you have to have everything to get started. So that might roll into my first theme question. I always ask everyone if there was one piece of advice beyond business, but one piece of life advice that you would leave for the next generation or younger ones coming up behind you, what would that be? I would tell them, don't let your past stop you from moving forward. You know, don't make it an excuse as to why you can't do something. You know, I always hear people say, well, I didn't come from a rich family. I've dealt with this. I've dealt with that. And everyone carries a story that they are proud of or, you know, um, sadness in their life. But if you carry that on, like it's who you are, then you're never going to move forward. So um, just make it a part of who you are in terms of resilience, uh, but don't let it hold you back from, from moving forward. It's perfect. One thing that you yourself are learning right now. Learning, um, is to really let go of perfectionism, both in my personal and professional life. 2019, like I said, was like a really bad year. And now like looking back at it with everything that's going on, I'm like, oh my God, you know, 2019 was great. But I think it's because I put so much pressure on myself to be perfect in many ways. And so what I'm learning is that you, we're all really just trying to do the best that we can with like the resources that we have. And so, yeah, that's something that I'm learning. Just, just kind of, Give it my all, but don't don't be so hard on myself. What are you using to learn that? Well, I mean, it's very faith driven. A lot of time with like God, with the people who bring me up to the people in my life. Also, a lot of less like consuming. <laughs> Again, like I, I get stuck on the research, and so actually, my business coach told me this because I was comparing myself a lot to people doing similar stuff to me, and she's like, you know, instead of te- looking at them as competition, why don't you look at them as inspiration? And since I've done that, it's just kind of been like, oh, like, wow, she said it really well. But like, and I'm, and I could use that in my like teachings, but this is how I see it. This is how I'm going to make it different because of who I am. Um, so it's just kind of been like my mindset and, and it has been a very faith driven. Um, the faith is important in my life. It's something that I've struggled with, um, but I haven't like let go of, I haven't given up on I think what's so cool is that for all of this, one big theme is the idea that it's always evolving and always growing Uh, like compound interest or stocks. They're going to go down. Sometimes they go down a lot, but we're always coming back up if we stick with it. Yeah. And then my last theme question is actually flipped because it gives you the opportunity to ask me a question. What would a question that you would ask me be? Oh, man. I guess just maybe not to keep it too personal, I would say, what was oh, one I'm an open book. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're going to answer it, but I guess it would be like, if you were teaching your kids this and you wanted to inspire them, I would say like, what's one of the biggest mistakes you made in your life and what lesson did it teach you? <laughs> this is it's a deep one. I don't know. <laughs> you kind of. in a professional way. Like what was one of your biggest professional mistakes? And Oh no, like it, it's good. I think it, I think they combine. It's hard to separate things in life, but I've talked fairly openly, but I was an athlete. So college athlete, played football. I was trying to be a professional football player. And I often say I regret playing football for, um, the head trauma part of it, but more so the choosing a craft that when it's done, it's done. When you stop playing a sport like football, you've sunk 60 hours a week into building your craft, uh, investing and developing and doing, um, all these things because you love it. But what I didn't realize was when it's done, it's done forever. And that's really hard for mental health. If you choose something like guitar or golf, even you can grow in that throughout the rest of your life, even when you're done doing it 
at the highest level. And I'm someone who doesn't believe in regrets. I think we always have to adjust and appreciate the past for what it did give us. I could go down the positive route with football too, but definitely I would have gotten into like filmmaking or painting or playing golf. Like I would have invested my time in something that I could have continued to do to this day if I could go back and do it over. Yeah. Okay. So I guess for you, it's like with the whole football thing, maybe even maybe I've done it differently. I guess you can't go back, but really focusing on on, the, on other things besides just that so you can have more of a balance. But how can you as an athlete, right? I, I never saw I never thought of that. Like it's so many hours dedicated. Like what else can you give time to really? Nothing. <laughs> You're all in. Yeah. But and I think that's the thing. You don't know at the time, right? I don't say it in the sense of like, oh, I long to go back and change the script. It's more just that that's definitely if I had that insight. And for a kid who's thinking like, no, I need to be a football player or whatever, um, or a boxer. It's like, well, exactly. Think of what can you add that adds more longevity instead of quadrupling down on that in case it doesn't work out. That's all. Yeah. In terms of where people can find you online and why they might want to find you online, where can people go? Yeah. So you can find me on Carla Gregg um, on Instagram and honestly on YouTube, you'll, you'll come across um, Carla Gregg, but you know what? Make it easier. What would Carla say.com and you'll find all my links to my social media there. You referenced a couple answers ago, um, the idea of not really going viral too often or whatever. I'm onto this new theory as of starting this podcast that um, I've asked people why they're so humble and generous, like you've been answering all of these questions, taking such a long time to have an in-depth conversation with someone that's just starting. And when I asked that of someone else the other day, they said they weren't sure why they're able to be that, that they get asked that a lot. But the only thing they can think of is it was a slow progression to their success. They never had that huge, viral, crazy celebrity moment. And that that's something that they look back with appreciation instead of being disappointed over. I don't know if that's why you're so uh, humble and kind as well. But I just want to say thank you for doing this. Yeah, no, for me, it's just like I want to be able to help as many people as I can. And I think that I'm still learning and growing and to be of value to other people who are starting off. Like I'm like, yeah, I I just like to help. And I feel like I'm still learning, you know, so kind of want to help more people so they can learn from my mistakes and and be of service to them. So they, they they could start off better (laughs) in terms of, you know, starting off their business or their passions. It's awesome. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is really awesome. I I love what you're doing and uh, I'm excited to, that I'm a part of it. So thanks for thinking about me. Another great one in the books. I hope these are really helping you or someone you know. It's hard to get all these learning moments out to the world, so please do pass it along. Thank you to our guest, Carla. She's a great role model for social media, entrepreneurship, and all around pursuing your passions. It's our goal to have this in every school in the world, so please do subscribe, leave reviews, but most importantly, pass it on to someone who you think may benefit from the show. Thank you so much for being here. And until the next episode, all the best. And remember, just keep learning.